Hi. Hello. Welcome to Film Critters. Pros. S. Sis. Get it? Sis. Sis. Yeah. Sis. <laughs> Excuse. Uh, I don't. I don't know how to go. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Today we were talking. We're today is our girl boss special. Well, girl boss, gaslight, gatekeep, gas, and uh, gas bomb. And go to the theater. Germ warfare. <laughs> and germ warfare. Uh, guillotine. Uh, gone girl. Gone girl. Boss. Gone. This is our. This is our gone girl AU special. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cause that's what both um, these fucking movies feel like. <laughs> they're both. Yeah, they're both fan. They're both gone girl fanfic in a way. Um. Yeah, we got. Uh, I care a lot. Uh. From from Netflix, our friends at Netflix from and our, our good pals at Netflix uh, teamed <laughs> up once again with writer director uh, Jay Blakeson, who previously Ew. had brought us. Um, well, he wrote The Descent, Part Two. <laughs> oh, I was gonna be like, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, the, seeing that was a very big like, ah, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess oh, we're also going to talk about Me You Madness uh, later, um, which uh, we probably we probably actually have more more to say about that one. We, we uh, but, absolutely but, uh, have Jay, more we... to say about that one. But I care a lot is is thematically appropriate, and so we are <sighs> opening, and thus with it. we are obligated. Uh, yeah, Jay, what'd you think of the what'd you think of the movie? This is like you ever like watch a movie. And then, like, halfway through, you're just like, does this bitch die? I'm not watching <laughs> this if she doesn't die. <laughs> and so, you, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was me watching this movie. I, I basically stopped halfway through and, like, looked up what happens on Wikipedia. Because I was like, if it, like, I was like, this is, like, an Always Sunny episode if, like, nothing bad happened to them so far. So I need to make sure something bad happens to them or I'm just not going to finish watching it because it'll make me too mad. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even then, uh, spoiler, something bad happens. Uh, even then, I think I watched the last half of it. Netflix added this feature where you could fast forward movies by like at like double. I think I think at like one and a quarter or double speed even like there's different mm -hmm. ones. And when I saw that, I was like, that's the stupidest fucking thing in the world. Like, why would you put that on your movie streaming site? Like, that's just like, like, this isn't, these aren't podcasts. These are movies. Uh, and then I watched this and I was like, oh, right. Because Netflix knows what kind of movies they produce, <laughs> which yeah, are the film no. versions of podcasts. Uh, Absolutely. So I ended up watching it at like almost double speed, I think, to because I just like didn't want to. I, I, I was getting ready to to do something. Uh, I think it was, I think it was probably stream or I was going to like, like, be, like have a call or something or something. Uh, and right. I was like, oh, man, I want to make sure I finish this before that because I'm not going to want to finish this after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of a wet fart. Uh, it's uh, I kind of was similarly. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I, I got through it. I was able to I was able to consume the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but. Yeah, it's not very. It's not very. It's not very good, is it? It's like kind of. It's kind of whatever. I. Uh, yeah. 
I also I, I was I was going to have this like moment here of um, kind of talking about uh, there, there's a kind of a, a story in the New Yorker that the movie seems to be largely based on called uh, How the Elderly Lose Their Rights. Um, and I, I was going to like try to, you know, cite some like passages from from that from that article and, and you know, talk a little bit about the uh, talk a little bit about the elder care industry. Uh, but I've run out of uh, free articles on the New Yorker because I'm, I'm not a subscriber. So uh, egg oh. on my face, I guess. Oh, here's 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 the trick you do to that. Take the uh-huh. article link, go to archive.is. And then tell it to archive it. And then either, usually what has happened is that somebody else has archived the article and you can just read that. (laughs) Holy shit. Uh, Well? And if somebody hasn't, then you can archive it and just read it that way. Uh, I do that all the time because I'm like, well, if you're going to do this, I'm not going to ever, I'm going to give you less views on your own article. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I truly hate that shit. Well, Well, you get that working. I have, I have something great. Uh, I have a great article I can read from Out Magazine. Um, yeah. Netflix's I Care A Lot was almost a perfect lesbian movie. Uh, um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's we, we got to talk about that, but keep going. For the first hour and 50 minutes, I was in love. I was having fun in a way I would have never had while watching a film with, with a queer, I, would, I almost never had while watching a film with a queer protagonist. Then the last 90 seconds came, and in an undignified and blunt manner, the angry son of one of her wards approaches Grayson and shoots her in the chest. As she bled out in her fiancé's arms, I couldn't help but ask, why? Why couldn't Marla Grayson win? Why do countless terrible characters, usually straight and or male, get to continue their stories relatively unpunished while a lesbian committing similar crimes is murdered and taught a lesson? By the way, uh, just to back you up up here, the uh, similar crimes... Um, the crime that they're specifically going around here uh, is elder abuse. <laughs> yeah, not not scamming, not not like business corruption, not drug dealing, not being uh, a normal air quotes normalized capitalist in in a movie. It's literally lesbian. It's literally elder abuse, mostly of women, and the reason she dies. Uh, is because in this specific case, the person's mother uh, died alone in a nursing room without seeing her son for several years because of our main character. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are always going to write those fucking articles. If, like, if there's a hint of, like, otherness or queerness or anything like that. Wait, hold uh, on. Even, even better. Why does the uh, Joker survive at the end of his movie and Marla Grayson doesn't? <sighs> Dude, like... <laughs> It's not that fucking deep. I mean, like the there's a lot of there's a lot of examples of fucking people who are like uncut, Howie in Uncut Gems doesn't live. Yeah, Howie live. in Uncut Gems doesn't live. <laughs> there's literally so many movies where these characters don't live. Like, what are you fucking talking about? Or if they do live, it's usually like not a happy ending for them. Like, yeah, why does Joker get to live? Well, one because he's a massive intellectual property and it's an origin story. And origins <laughs> usually mean that they don't end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, two, typically. he's in an asylum. Like, and he becomes like a criminal mastermind. Like, it. hello? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I, 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 I mean, like, that's just, that's just absolute bottom of the barrel. Bottom of the barrel shit, for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, the, so, like, the, the aspect of this movie, um, the, like, okay, the lesbian aspect of this movie, this was absolutely, like, one of those movies where you, like, forget that they're gay. 
Yeah. Um, which I frequently did. Um, I think that they uh, ostensibly had absolutely no chemistry up up until, like, the, pretty much exclusively, um, like, all of their chemistry was in these scenes of, like, you know, them, like, escaping from, uh, escaping from the mob and, like, all this shit. Like, that shit was, like, kind of cute, but outside of that, it was, it was, it was, like, they were, like, Buttigieg, Buttigieg gays. I kind of got the feeling. I think that's the thing that's, like, particularly makes me feel insane about, like, having seen that, like, on the Wikipedia page and reading, and then reading it, was that I was, like, what, like, what, what get queer energy are you excited about watching these guys? I straight up didn't realize that they were supposed to be lesbians until they made out. <laughs> Which happens, <laughs> like, very, like, yeah. like, pretty far into the film. Because there's just no chemistry. They're they're poorly written lesbians. They don't act like they like each other. They, they act like they're, like, business partners. And not in a sexy yeah. way. <laughs> they just act like they're business partners. Right, yeah. Um, so kind of uh, skimming the article, it seems like um, so th- the movie the movie kind of has all these scenes where uh, or 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 you know it, basically what Rosamund Pike's character is doing is kind of uh, ostensibly legally kidnapping elders from their homes to put them in assisted living facilities, and so she can sell all their belongings and make a bunch of money. Uh, and the uh, the New Yorker article is basically pretty much that word for word is like a thing that I guess happens in real life. So I think it's, um, you know, in, in one way, I have to say that it's like cool that it, that there's a movie that's kind of like talking about that um, as like a thing that exists in real life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't I don't know how much people are going to like kind of believe or, or like under or like look into it or anything like that. Um, that being said, like. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> that being said, it's just not a very good, like, movie is the thing. And it, and it's, it really, like, tries, there's, like, all the, all these, like, really hyper-stylized touches. There's mont- use of montage and, like, you know, all of this specific, specific stylization. Um, but it's, I don't know, it, it, it just kind of, it just kind of rambles. Rosamund Pike is just doing this, like, Gone Girl thing, which, which like, the whole rest of the fucking movie is also doing, uh... And it, it, which, which, yeah, it just feels like it, it just feels like a retread. Like, this is something that we bring up a lot where, like, movies seem a little bit aggregated where it's like, okay, what's, what's hot right now? Gone Girl, uh, <laughs> lesbians, um, and, uh, elder abuse, Scam- I guess? Scamming, I scamming. Scamming. Oh, we're scammers. Scammers. Oh, people love, it's, it, it feels like, the, the, the thing I wanted to give the film credit, and to an extent I do, is that yeah. it feels like it's trying to be a critique of the girl boss media model mm-hmm. because the main character is just so unlikable. Like, there's there are no redeeming traits to her. We are not yeah. given any sense that, like, you know, she acts like this because of some fucked up history. They kind of tease it with, like, a line where gangsters threaten to kill her mom, and she's like, I don't give a shit, kill her. Uh, (laughs) But it doesn't come off like, you know, oh, this is a woman who was, like, maybe fucked over by, like, her mother or an older woman in her life. So she has, like, really damaged ideas of these kinds of things. Yeah. 
um, it just comes off like, oh, <laughs> like, like she just, she, she just comes off like a capitalist. Like she comes off like your, your bargain basement, uh, capitalist who views other people in terms of assets, which, you know, also is partially why her relationship with her girlfriend doesn't come off very realistic at all. Um, <laughs> and so in that way, it's like almost as like, as like, is this like trying to like, like I compared it to always sunny early where it's like, it feels kind of almost like it's trying to do an always sunny thing of like, yeah, the character is awful. And so you're seeing like how the girl boss mentality taken to it's like most extreme just leads to reinforcing the same kind of like evil exploitation that leads to like air quotes, the necessity for girl bosses yeah but i brought up uncut gems earlier uncut <laughs> gems does that same kind of thing like specifically for like uh like you know like, like specific like specific kinds of guys like like that's basically like the whole safety brothers bit is that it's basically about how like dudes who are at the bottom of the hierarchy uh get buy into the capitalist myth and end up like dying or fucking over their lives because of it yeah. And yeah. the problem with that is that this movie isn't well constructed enough to do that and kind of seems afraid to give our character any any semblance of a personality that might be taken as like bad other than what she does in the film, which is like objectively evil. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, all she you're left with she... is their actions, which are objectively evil. And it being presented as really cool, which is annoying. And then she gets her comeuppance, but you're like, I I knew she was going to get shot by that dude at the start of the film. Uh, by the way, weird choice to have that guy as the, as the figure of like avenging, like, you know, like revenge against that kind of thing. Uh, and to put him in a red trucker hat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah, about that. I don't know about that. Kind of, kind of interest. I don't, you know, I'm, yeah. I, I'm a little, I'm a little troubled by that. Like, I, I think um, it was an attempt to be like, ah, like, you know, we want to imply that like, this guy sucks. Like, he's like a MAGA guy. But then it's like, yeah, yeah but he's like, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you like, shouldn't have done that thing that you were doing, though. Yeah, like, like she is evil. <laughs> and he, <laughs> and he should have shot her. <laughs> yeah, he was right to do it. Um, yeah, it's, her character is just so, so one-dimensional. She doesn't really have any worldly connections other than the, the girlfriend who is not convincingly her girlfriend. Um, really kind of whatever. Peter Dinklage also has, like, a really hard job here because he's, like, he has this, uh, kind of, like, it's just this mob boss that's, like, not really very special, doesn't do anything cool. <laughs> like, I was, it, the, the it, it did kind of a thing where it was, like, introducing him and, and like, I anticipated some sort of establishment, something cool that he would do or like fucked up mob boss thing. And, and, and it was all just really like fucking boilerplate and whatever. And he he like really like chews on his lines and he tries to overperform them because he's, he has like nothing. He's like chewing on bone with the script. Yeah, uh, I that's that's rough. I think the weirdest thing about his character, too, is that like it's obviously trying to create this like. Uh, you know, girl bosses and crime, like, you know, we aren't so different. You know, like, why is, why is Peter Dinklage, like, lay epic, uh, but I am, uh, lay bitch. Um, <laughs> but then it's, like, doesn't really seem actually interested in answering 
the question of like why why uh, crime bosses are lay epic because it's like yeah. what what does he do <laughs> like it's so literally like what crimes okay. does he commit <laughs> okay good i'm glad that you brought that up because he actually the, there's like a kind of it's it's more of a throwaway line than it should be he says that he is he does a lot of stuff but he's mostly a human trafficker which they are kind of which is like a really pointed thing for the filmmaker to do is to just be like these two basically are the same they have the same job and then it like at the end it kind of culminates into this like thing where they're like trying to start like a a a company together and she becomes like ceo and and it's this like weird sort of like crime ring thing as well uh I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like that kind of plot thing could have done could have been done really funny. Like on paper, that sounds on paper that sounds like a win, winning premise, and it sounds yeah. really funny. Um, but it's just I don't know. It's just these really kind of plotting, like uh, just I don't know, straightforward dialogue scenes uh, that just kind of come one after the other, and it's really really boring. Boring. It makes the like. It makes the problem of um if it's trying to be a critique of girl boss films it ends up fundamentally re- like re- re- uh, com- yeah. reconstituting the biggest problem with girl boss films which is that yeah. they are like too didactic they are too yeah. they are too like this is the point of the movie I am explaining the thesis of the film so that way you don't misunderstand it because if you misunderstood the thesis of my film, that would mean that I am a bad movie and I could be held (laughs) responsible for your misunderstanding. And it's like, that's not how art works. Shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Make your your stupid little movie and go. (laughs) (laughs) It's way more like clumsy, like sledgehammer, like do you get it? Like style writing than even Gone Girl. If you just want to like... If you don't want to risk making a piece of art that could be misinterpreted, just fucking do a TED talk. Like, <laughs> don't fucking dick me around with this shit. Yeah, just uh, make a fucking podcast or something. Fuck you, whatever. Write an essay. <laughs> <laughs> do a video essay. Do a better video yet. essay. There's so many other hey. forms that are specifically set aside for like making an argument that can't be oh, yeah. fundamentally misunderstood. Uh, right in a New Yorker article. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. So annoying. Uh, yeah. It. I, I think it's frustrating because it's like the, there are concepts in raw parts of this film that could have made such a great film. I think Rosamund Pike being like a fundamentally evil human trap, basically elder abuse for profit businesswoman who accidentally kidnaps a mob boss's mom uh, who runs a human trafficking organization, and then they're, like, going toe-to-tat. Which, by the way, um, weird that they just killed her doctor, but, like, apparently had a lot of trouble just killing these two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, all of that, like, you could pull that off and make it engaging and make the audience root for somebody who sucks. But oh, you absolutely. have to make it, like... You got to give me like sweet D to bring it back to always sunny. Like you have to give (laughs) it someone where I can be like, Oh, this person fucking sucks, 
but they have like something to their character where like I am enjoying watching what happens, like what they do, but also if and when it inevitably like the 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 toll has come for them and collected for them, I'm like, well, you did you deserve that. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's not rendered really like funny or interesting or entertaining or anything like that either. It's just kind of she's not even rendered <sighs> particularly kind of, clever. Like she yeah. she's she's clever by plot contrivance, but like she's never shown like being clever. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> she's shown being like a regular rich person, which is has too much money to ever face <laughs> consequences for your behavior unless somebody fucking shoots you outside a courthouse <laughs> yeah I, I, absolutely it's exactly that it's just like she's already rich and then she becomes more rich and that's just such a beautiful and interesting character arc i, I mean like I'm sorry i just keep people... coming back to this fucking article you know who else tra uh traffics and abuses women uh while being a, a girl boss bisexual <laughs> Jizzly uh, Maxwell. Else? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not exactly. I mean, I don't I don't know how many people are quite jumping at the bit to kind of, uh, you know, empathize with a character like that. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's also I mean, like, if we want to if we want to really kind of tear apart the sort of motivations, I, I like there's definitely like a sense of this sort of. Um, kind of liberal baiting of uh you know because because human trafficking is always a fucking thing that uh people use to kind of galvanize these uh insane reactions that kind of lead you down a dark road of conspiracy and mm -hmm. uh insanity <laughs> um and so to kind of but to kind of like thumb your nose at that and to and to like to turn it into this like red versus blue sort of like I don't know, kind of, kind of tribal thing, uh, where there's like, or, or rather, uh, what I should say is like, you're kind of, um, you're kind of playing a dangerous game. You're like bullfighting essentially, where it's just like, uh, we're going to keep making movies like, uh, you know, that make conspiracy people so mad. Uh, those people definitely don't own guns and, uh, <laughs> Definitely aren't like planning anything about you know society or anything like that. We're gonna we're gonna um, keep winding them up and treating it like uh, every piece of media is the Daily Show now. Yeah. Oh, talk, we talk we, down to them as much as possible. Oh, we made things real uh, fucked up and bad and crazy in the world. Well, you know what? It's time we step up and be responsible and just pedal to the fucking metal, make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems to be what's going on. It's kind of interesting. I don't, I feel like the film should have either been like like eviler <laughs> or funnier and I would have been okay with it. Yeah. That. If it was funnier, I'd have probably found it annoying, but like whatever, you're taking these things that are kind of upsetting and you're you're playing dollhouse with them. But at least you're like aware that the only way you can make this kind of a movie of those figures is by like SL of is like escalating them to the point of absurdity but it's escalated to the point of absurdity and then played as if like this is like a fucking like this is the girl boss goodfellas oh yeah yeah <laughs> and it's like not nah, it's not the good boss it's not the it's not the good uh good ladies
Sorry. <laughs> the good gals. The good gals. The girl the girl boss goodfellas is bound. Let's get one thing straight. <laughs> there you fucking go, bitch. There you go. Watch bound. Watch bound. Uh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, again, rich people shit, really boring. Uh but speaking of rich people shit, uh so we checked out a movie. Another another film, a twenty twenty one film. Another, yeah, actually. another twenty twenty one film. They're actually both I, I think you care a lot is also twenty so I care a lot. Here's a weird thing I've been having to learn about release dates. I care a lot uh-huh. is categorized as a twenty twenty film, but that's because it debuted at uh, a film festival in twenty twenty. It technically was released in twenty twenty one because sure, yeah. it was put up on Netflix uh in February. It's mm. just one of those weird things where it's like the the release date is usually when it had its debut, but there's yeah. I, I usually don't count count those when I'm considering like when a film was released because like I consider when it was released to the point where your average person could see it and not like a person who goes to a film festival. Yeah, 2020 for uh you know for the festival goers and then for the peasants 2021 where, where Netflix apparently was like, we'll take it. I'll take it. And they, they put it out. <laughs> um, Oh wait, yeah, before, we watched... before we move on, you didn't mention the vape. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I, oh, I know for God. a fact you want to talk about that vape. Okay. She has, <laughs> I can't believe I forgot about the vape. I, I can't uh, believe so... you forgot Rose, Ro- Rosamund Pike's fucking vape. <laughs> The, the, <laughs> I mean, like that vape does not deserve to be in the movie because it's it's like the most interesting and like funny aspect of the movie. Yeah, yeah Rosamund Pike's character and I care a lot has this enormous like lightsaber vape uh, that is so comical. It's like comically large. Um, she's like tooting on it in like every other scene, and it's the funniest image in the world because it's just like beautiful Rosamund Pike just like ripping fucking clouds, dude. Uh, uh, if you if you Google, I care a lot. One of the autocompletes is vape because there are so many photos of uh, so many screenshots of like the <laughs> same specific three second shot where she looks, her eyes get wide as she realizes, "Fuck, am I over in my head?" Maybe, and then hits the vape. <laughs> <laughs> that was the shot. Okay, yeah, that was the shot. Like my roommate came and uh, started watching, and was looking at their phone, and I was like. Oh, oh yeah, by the way, she vapes in this movie. And they looked up and screamed uh, because, yeah, that was that was the shot. It was just Rosamund getting this, like, long close-up toot uh, of uh, bubblegum number nine or what the, whatever the fuck. Uh, just, just, mwah, best, best shot in the movie. One perfect shot, really. Uh, speaking of, I, I, while well, looking this up, I have now found r slash vaping 101. Can anyone ID this vape from I Care A Lot? Uh. <laughs> was it a custom job that's what i actually okay i'm looking up that i'm looking up that fucking thread i want to fucking know Ooh, well nunchuck let me see let me see i'm looking at it uh, uh yes i'm of legal age oh yeah yeah i think that's <laughs> there it is that might be yeah, it it looks like it vape. oh wow uh there's also on that same thing the second uh, there's a second photo of like what is very clearly rosamund pike like on set hitting the vape <laughs> and it looks so funny. It's it's actually like an out of character yeah, thing. Yeah, like her hitting the vape out of character. It was in her contract. Like I gotta be vaping, and if I'm vaping in the shot, then it is what it yeah. is. Um, a, a great. So another thing I learned while while looking this up because I wanted to find this photo. Uh, the most 
the most I I am convinced Rosamund Pike made this up. Um, she she explained that there's actually backstory to the vape, which is that <laughs> which is that Marla had a vape business until she was Walmarted out by a great big discount vape store opening across the street, which she was furious about. I think that was her shot at the American Dream played fair. Straight up, if this was in the movie, it would have made the movie better. <laughs> Why wasn't it? If, she, what, like, if she was a failed vape shop owner, the movie yeah. immediately at least six out of ten. At least a six or seven out of ten. Oh, absolutely. Rosamund Pike owning a vape shop, like that's that's owning a vape uh, shop yeah. and like snapping and becoming a like like basically having her I'm going to become the Joker moment because her fate business went <laughs> under. That, that just would have been a better that movie. That would have period. been a better movie. That should have been the first act. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it, Netflix. I I don't care a lot for that movie. What would you rather have spent your Netflix dollars on um fucking hulu subscription at this rate what the fuck netflix what the fuck are you giving me fucking anything yeah i would have rather spent my money on a fucking vape uh i it's, I'm, it's gonna be my new thing it's gonna be my new gimmick as a human being you're gonna get into vaping. as a person i'm gonna get really into vaping you guys are gonna see me ripping fucking clouds everywhere i go um so get ready for that get ready for that shit fucking watch me you madness yeah um and um, I would I would simply love to talk about it. Uh, it is a oh, film director. Oh, let us please talk about me. Please, <laughs> please let us talk about this film. Um, so yeah, uh, the film *You Madness*, which was uh, written and directed by Louise Linton, who um, is married to Steve Mnuchin, um, who was uh, United States Secretary of the Treasury under Donald Trump. Uh, um, whose secretary of the treasury uh, section on his Wikipedia uh, has about one, two, has about one, two, three, four, ten separate controversy tags. <laughs> Yay! Uh, favorite love- one being five point two point seven uh, comments on Lego Batman movie. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, love that for him. Yeah, <laughs> that that movie. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that movie. Uh, I get the drag it, drag that movie, Steve. Get yeah. them. Oh no! See, it's it's actually even stupider than that. Uh, the controversy was that in an interview, he was basically explaining because he, he's a film producer. He has film connections. Yeah, yeah, he's a film. How, guy. You know, part of part of being treasury is like he's like, yeah, you know, there's like conflicts of interest and ethical concerns. So like, I have to be really careful about what I like, you know, say so that I, there's no conflict of interest. Uh, and then apparently like 15 minutes later, he was telling uh, like American parents that like, you should go and take your kids to go see Lego Batman, the, the Lego Batman movie, uh, which he was the executive producer. of. <laughs> oh my God. And then like, in another interview when it came up was like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. That's a conflict of interest. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, so that's Mr. Linton. Uh, <laughs> former Secretary of State. Or fucking former unhinged four years. Oh my God. Um, yeah, so talking a little bit about um, Louise Linton, uh, formerly Louise Hay. Um, just kind of, just kind of, you know, checking, checking the Wikipedia there. Uh, 
her, her, uh, basically her life seems like her life. She's basically a nightmare human. Um, her family owns Melville Castle outside of Edinburgh, uh, where she was born in the Murrayfield area. Uh, which, um, by the way, is a cat. Yeah, is a, is a castle. She literally lived in a castle uh, in, in yeah. Scotland. She grew up in a fucking castle. Um, educated at St. George's School for Girls and Fetz College. Um, and then Pepperdine University. Uh, and then, like, all of this other blah, 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 blah. Private coach from the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. Um and uh, Louise spent part after boarding school. Louise spent part of her gap year as a volunteer in Northern Zambia before attending university in the United States. Um, genuinely, just like the worst kind of person that ex- that is that is that exists that is that that is out there in the world. The the most uh, rich white, just I ah uh, I have decided uh, I will use my my money to become famous for attention. <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, and thus, uh, Miu Madness, the female American psycho, um, American which is funny psych- because yeah. <laughs> uh, I would actually call it the female Decker. Um, <laughs> that that because that is absolutely the vibe. Uh, yeah, um, Jay, what, Jay, what were your what are some what is what what are your some standout thoughts? What do you, what did you think of Miyu Madness? My unironically, good movie. I I did, here's here's the thing though. <laughs> when I say unironically good movie, what I mean is doesn't matter what Louise Lenton intended. I don't care what Louise Lenton intended. In fact, I hope she didn't intend to do what she did with this movie because <laughs> that fact, is, that makes it even better. This film <laughs> is art. because this film is i've been trying to describe it to people and i'm like think of every bad movie vanity project you've ever seen the room birdemic um uh troll 2 uh manos hands of fate all these films are like part of their lore involves how they were like self-funded or how the person got all this money for it and stuff but, you know, at the end of the day, the fact that they're made by, like, super amateur people is just, like, really apparent on the face of it. And so that usually intersects with, like, the fact that because they're kind of, like, it's because it's kind of a vanity project, there's usually, like, limits on that. This is a vanity project made by a rich woman who's has actual industry connections. And as such, it is just an unfiltered, unhinged vanity project there's nothing that stops everything from happening in the film uh and it's perfect (laughs) yeah like this is this is like what would happen if people didn't get tommy wiseau in on the joke after they started giving him money oh god yeah yeah well i mean like kind of part of what you're saying i i i kind of agree just because like i the movie is like it's it's bad and it's bad that it exists. Um, however, uh, I had the time of my life watching it, and the thing that it kind of comes to represent, or, or like it's this weird sort of like thing where the creators are kind of like arguing for their own destruction in a way, or like they're it it's so kind of um, 
puts forward this like line of 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 thought and these like attitudes and these themes and everything where it's just like oh yeah okay so like every everyone involved in the creation of this is just not really human um they're just really weird bizarre people who are horrible and and rich and causing like untold pain in the world um and they don't know how to like <laughs> they don't know how to dance for example they don't know how to have fun <laughs> Uh, there's no reason for them to exist. Um, I mean, that's really what I got from the, from the art of the film. I would compare it. I would say this is our, uh, Freddy got fingered. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is Freddy got fingered for the, for the 2020s where it is like, it is a film that by all that, that takes the temperature of like the worst kind of filmmaking at the time and then takes it to just such a level that it's like the genre doesn't need to be done anymore. <laughs> we don't, we, the, the girl, this is the culmination of Girl Boss. This, this is, is the, the zenith of Girl Boss. This is the zenith of overly self referential wink wink movies. This, yeah, takes, just, this is the logical conclusion of all of these films. Like, not to, I mean, like, it's literally Decker. Like, the the around like the 92nd time she looks at the camera and just starts like saying some stupid shit it's just like oh you're you're trying like you're trying so hard to be cute and like you're trying so hard to do like oh they it was cool this thing was cool when they did it in the other movie um and it's like the whole fucking movie is this like fourth wall breaking like we don't care about the movie we're making bullshit uh which is very very funny to me and very like yeah like very very decker i the the decker comparison i think is especially helpful because despite because we were talking about this because i watched it with my roommates we were talking about it after yeah where i was like i want like i was like it felt almost like tim and eric style editing like that like that specific editor uh doug dog pound or whatever his name is who does their editing for them yeah yeah like it felt a lot like his kind of work but my roommate was like I think if it had that kind of editing, it would have, it would have like made the joke too obvious. But because it didn't, the fact that it keeps accidentally feeling like that editing is like makes it like that much more feverish, which makes it that much more funnier. Um, the the scene where he's just point it's because di- like the scene where it's twenty something different takes of um, Ed Westwick pointing into a freezer and going him <laughs> and then Louise Linton just saying like child trafficker murderer criminal republican and then them pausing and just holding on republican like that's the joke and then it just starting over again and him going him democrat him independent it's like that's like that is great. But if it was actually edited like a Tim and Eric jo- bit, it would make the joke too obvious. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's the fact that the joke goes on for too long because she just kept thinking of things that she thought would be funny. And at no point did somebody go, we should reel it in a little. It loops right back around to being funny again. Yeah. And like, the sort or of... Like, uh, Sorry, I, I just remembered. Or like the scene where she's lifting off movies that have had guns in them. 
but like the list is an insane person list and the second film she says is taxi driver and then like three films later she goes wait was there a gun in taxi driver and it's like why did you name taxi driver then if you don't remember the gun in taxi driver (laughs) (laughs) that's that's some blonde writing right there yeah like it's it's such great right it's it's great writing because it's like there's no way to like write that kind of bimbo without just being a bimbo. (laughs) Yeah, you can't represent that type of stupidity through parody. It has to come from the source. Um, Yeah, which is like, it's it's funny because this almost feels like a sort of takedown of like the girl boss tropes and like the girl boss sort of genre, almost almost as like a kind of reaction to like the liberal uh, sort of uh, like snark and shittiness of movies like I Care A Lot, um, but it's doing this like really kind of... uh, stupid like third grader uh kind of thesis about like cancel culture and how like oh next people are just gonna start killing people they don't like blah. but then it like kind of just like lets go of that thesis and or, or like it just doesn't really fucking care actually uh because it's fucking completely incomprehensible uh most of the most of the runtime it's uh, i I think it's because it's it is an American psycho, but the kind of figure that she's satirizing is the kind of figure she wants to be. Yeah. So it's American psycho, but if the movie was made by Patrick Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Patrick Bateman was holding the camera. I mean and and to kind of to kind of put a finer point on it, like imagine not understanding American Psycho to this <laughs> degree, you know, but, like it, it is literally all about privilege and it is literally all about like the things that rich people are allowed to get away with because they are rich uh, and because they have other rich people covering their ass for them and yada, yada, yada. So like the, the narrative here where she's, there's this like fish out of water guy who is like, kind of, you know, doing this, like, uh, tete-a-tete. Basically, like, I don't know. There, there's, there, it's, like, not really... I mean, like, this sounds stupid to say, but it's, like, not really saying anything or it doesn't even seem to be really trying to say anything. It's just, like, oh, look at this stuff, man. I think why it so, feels such an unreal film is because it takes... It, it's sort of like with I Care A Lot we were talking about where it's, like, it, it falls too much into trying to be a didactic film. Media yeah. Madness feels like it's trying... To, it, it's like it's thumbing its nose at the idea of a didactic film. Yeah. But, like, doesn't know how to make a film without doing that. <laughs> so it's, like, both trying to say something, but it's also, like, mm, but we're going to mock everything we're saying because, like, those kinds of yeah. movies are dumb. But then it's, like... I actually, the movie just goes like, I actually don't know where I was going with this. Like the film feels like (laughs) it doesn't know where, like it was doing a bit of like somebody going like, this is what you sound like. And then they like launched really far into the bit. And then halfway through, they realized they forgot what the original bit was. And they were just like, I, and you know, and then they just like kind of kept going. Yeah. It feels like that scene in the opening of the comedy when Tim Heidecker is trying to do a bit at his father's caretaker and the guy just isn't reacting. And so he just keeps going. Oh my God. That's oh, this really... movie. <laughs> that is this I... movie. 
I gotta watch the comedy again. The comedy, yeah, the comedy feels like a, a kind of almost like a, this like pre-made response to this movie. I mean, like I don't know. There's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of movies already out that <laughs> that could could really function as uh, an enemy to films like Me of Madness. Another film I would actually compare it to, um, oddly enough, is because I just watched it recently, um, Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, because of Johnny Mnemonic, the whole thing is that it was like uh, it was like a photographer who wanted to make like a, a, a independent film, like half a million for was his requested budget. But then the studio was like, no way, this property is going to be huge. So they gave him three million dollars and forced him to use it. <laughs> and he was just like, the movie looks like this because I didn't I don't know how to make a movie. And I especially don't know how to make a three million dollar movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's in- that's insane. You can't do that to somebody. Uh, and this film is like the inverse of that, where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> this movie didn't need as much money as it did, but it it wanted that much money, and so it just spent it on like costumes and like covers of '80s pop songs, which play like every <laughs> five minutes. Yeah, it, they licensed like two songs that are like, oh, that's like where the budget went, I guess. Yeah. Two things, yeah, I, I I think it's really funny for the movie to be doing this kind of very, like, it's very South Park for the movie to have this, like, uh, yeah, we're saying a thing, but we're also too cool to say a thing, you know? So, like, we're not, but we are, but we're, like, we're, like, not, and then, yeah, like you said, just kind of losing the track eventually at some, at some point, um, in that line of thought. Um, my other thing that I really wanted to kind of highlight here, uh, Cisgender women, please learn how to do your eyeliner. Uh, <laughs> makeup tutorials are free. They are free. You can watch one right now. It's on. Just scroll up, I really and you'll figure it out. I don't want to be mean to her. <laughs> but writing. Why? In lines, why? 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 Jay? Sorry, I really don't want to be this kind of mean to her. But okay, okay. Writing in a line about how your age doesn't matter because you look so good that everybody can always tell that like, you know, you, nobody can tell how old you are anyway. And then like two or three scenes later, putting yourself in an outfit with the worst tan <laughs> that immediately made you look 50 years old. <laughs> Quite a move. Quite a move. This is what happens when you don't, know things and are a rich idiot the scene where she's like working out and it's just dubbed like an etta and eddie skit oh god it's like it's like that's what i mean where it's like this is a film that like feels almost like it was edited by a tim and eric guy but is just restrained enough where you're just like no these are just like these are just things where she was like this is a good idea for my movie to to have in it yeah um, I also feel like we're reaching this really interesting kind of critical mass moment, uh, that, uh, relating to like bisexual lighting, uh, which is a really cutesy, uh, kind of stupid name, uh, IMO for lighting that's like blue and pink. Um, both of these movies were absolutely sick with it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, um, in most, in most cases, 
uh, really lame. <laughs> and oh, it or, looks or rather, like it's, like it's 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 the the late 2010s, early 2020s version of like the fucking like how everything looked yellow in 2006. Yeah, yeah, for real. I I I th- I just think it's like well, I don't necessarily have a problem with it in theory. Like pink and blue lights, I'm fine with that. Um, but there's there's this like kind of sneering self awareness that's that feels like it's happening now with that kind of thing, um, especially especially with it being like a meme and like all this other all this other shit. It was um, also uh, all over uh, multiple Oscar nominated film, Promising Young Woman. Yeah. Oh my god. Ugh. Ugh. Um. Yeah. Also, although. Uh, I did watch Lingua Franca last night, and that movie has a really good bisexual lighting. Well, trans- transgender lighting scene, actually. Oh. <laughs> We're actually... Oh, no. Okay, that's what we got to do. We have to reclaim it. That's transgender lighting. That is not bisexual yeah. lighting. Bisexuals, die. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> we, own, we, own the, we own the lighting. Miu Madness. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything, anything else like stick out to you about it? Uh, this is a kind of a bummer fact I just learned. Uh, Ed Westwick, uh, her co-star in this film, um, in November 2017, allegations were separately made by three women. You can tell where the rest of that sentence goes. Yeah. <laughs> Oopsie. Uh, well, that's what a um, wild, what a fucking wild casting choice. I just learned that that was. Yeah, I I also learned that he's um. I, I think he played the like teenager that died at the beginning of Children of Men. Yes. Uh which which feels great. Feels yeah. fantastic. Uh Louise Linton has basically only been I thought she was in Cabin Fever, and because like she's uh and because she's like an older actress, I don't mean that as an insult. I just assumed that like, oh, she must have played that uh she must have been in that movie when she was younger than like in her like twenties or something. Uh, no, she was in the Cabin Fever remake that came out, like, a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, God. Mm. Oh, my God, I forgot about the the fucking lesbian stuff hap- that happens in Miu Madness 2 that yeah. is also just completely, sh- like, shoehorned in. And, and like, really, like, fetishizy. <laughs> yeah, like... fetishizing and, like, devoid of, you know, devoid of any actual chemistry. I will say genuinely unironically love the bit where every time there is a scene change she has a costume change <laughs> like it doesn't <sighs> matter like it, it doesn't matter how long the time is supposed to be between scene changes if it is long enough that she has entered and exited a room she will be wearing a different outfit uh that yeah. is that is a hilarious bit that is a great bit <laughs> yeah i mean like um, that's how, that's, I mean, like every Vanity Project movie should be like that and yeah. should have that. That's, that's like a legitimately, that's like a touch that people should learn from. That's like something that should be just default. If you're going to, if you're going to make a movie, that's like this sort of, um, you know, really jerk off character study that you like cast yourself in. Why the fuck would you not like just have a closet of of goofy costumes. Why would you not at, use at it as a justification to just show off uh, a bunch of yeah. outfits you have or that you want to buy? Yeah. Yeah, and this, I mean, like, it's a very specific rich person mentality of just, like, 
a lot of people don't make movies because they want to, like, say anything or because they want to, like, you know, like, make a good movie necessarily. Or, like, they think they're making a good movie. Um, but what, you know, what they actually want to do is just, like, have, uh, they want to, like, wear a bunch of silly clothes. They want to do this, like, uh, you know, they want to do stunts. They want to have fun. They want to, like, party. It's, it's like, mostly about, like, partying. Uh, that's kind of the vibe that I got from, from this movie, um, which is definitely, definitely cocaine cinema for sure. Sidebar as I'm reading this, uh, extremely funny that, uh, Louise Linton, uh, subtweeted her husband, uh, in support of Greta Thunberg, apparently. Hello? Excuse me? Uh, Yuchin was dismissive (laughs) of the 17 year old Swedish climate activist at the World Economic Forum. Uh, he was asked, Greta Thunberg has called for a public and private sector divestment from fossil fuel companies. Does this pose a threat to U.S. economic growth? And he goes, is she the chief economist or who is she? I'm confused. It's a joke. After she goes and studies economics in college, she can come back and explain that to us. Uh, and Louise Linton tw- uh, posted on her Instagram, I stand with Greta on this issue. I don't have a degree in, ec- I don't have a degree in economics either. <laughs> we need to- <laughs> We need to drastically reduce our use of fossil fuels. Keep up the fight at Greta Thunberg. Fucking classic bimbo move. <laughs> oh, that is that is so. I I, I sincerely love um, the like married couple subtweet fight. Yeah, it it, it was beautiful when Neil Gaiman and Amanda Palmer did it. Uh, uh, it was beautiful when what's their name? Fucking. Twitter, it, their names were literally like Twitter's husband and Twitter's wife. Like they they had matching Twitter screen names, and they did that. Oh God, that's yeah. Okay, well, and then I don't know if I don't know if this was that, but I remember the thing where it's like I I wish I would have I wish you would have told me this instead of tweeting it. Yeah, like, yeah. Tweeted from <laughs> tweeted the, like, from their accounts. Yeah, from like the other room, basically. <laughs> this is the closest we will ever get. I think. To a big budget Naomi Elizabeth movie, and for that alone, it is art. Oh God! Also, I love I love just a, a couple with like a very just filled out controversy section on both so, Wikipedia pages. It's so funny. It's it's so good. It's such a like. This is a film that like. That just summarizes like art. It's a little that you could sew and just have a blast at, and also just be like, I feel absolutely no guilt hating the people who involved in making it. Yeah, absolutely. No, they're they're despicable. They are just truly fucking awful people. Because like when you laugh uh, at like a shitty vanity project, usually there's a level of like, you know, like I don't want to beat up on fucking like. Uh, James Newen, the guy who did Birdemic, because he's just like a he's just like a guy, like he's just a dude who wanted to make a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna fucking beat up on <laughs> on fucking Louise Linton and her husband. They suck. They have more money than I'll ever have. They don't understand the idea of not having money. Yeah, God. <laughs> One of the controversy things is like, uh, basically, that she had like posed in like this Cruella DeVille outfit holding a sheet of dollar bills printed at the, like, you know, at, at the source of where dollar bills come from, uh, which is so hacky and tasteless, but it's also like, she should not be allowed to, she should not, she should not be allowed to get away with this. Uh, 
camp is ours. It's not yours. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Trump camp is its own thing. And it's it's something that's going to be... Uh, it's, it's going to get a lot of different reactions and it's going to get a lot of different sort of post-mortem I mean, analyses. Uh, it's, it's, but, it's a thing where to me, it's like, I look at that stuff and I'm like, you know what? Like that's, that is sort of like what camp like not originated from, but that's the kind of shit that camp was always like uh, uh, a sort of like taking from. Because yeah. you can like, you can like look at like, oh God, I'm blanking on her, her name. There was like that one, I think it was Ted Haggard's wife mm-hmm. who was like a camp icon or no, it wasn't Ted right. Haggard. Fuck. I'm blanking on her name offhand, but there was just like, just like an old, like evangelical, like in the days of like televangelicals, like there was like the wives of them were camp icons because they were, they embodied camp <laughs> because they were just, they, they, they looked like exactly the kind of stuff that like is camp. Tammy Faye. That's it. Tammy Faye Baker. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like the other aspect of it is like, it's it's this thing, you know, it's, it's this classic thing that always happens where it's like lobster uh, is fed to prisoners and then it becomes, uh, you know, very it, like expensive, fancy food uh, where like low culture kind of uh, trickles up to become like high culture and, and gets like co-opted by, you know, the, the rich, etc. Um, but it's one of those very fun situations where it's like the, the these aesthetics are making fun of you. Yeah. And, and you are wearing them now. Uh as a sidebar, uh, a positive note about Tammy Faye Baker is that she actually be- did become uh, more openly during the AIDS epidemic, specifically uh, f- so supportive of the gay community in a, in a very yeah. sort of reserved way, or maybe not super reserved, but like in a it, maybe not actually definitely not reserved for the eighties Christian for like eighties Christianity. <laughs> um, but I, I remember one of the things I had first learned about her was that she had talked about how, like, in her old age, like, kind of, like, after she had left a lot of, like, televangelist culture, and when she got really sick, um, she has this quote, um, when I uh, when I went, when we lost everything, it was the gay people that came to my rescue, and I will always love them for that. And so she, she had a very, in her, especially Aww. as her older years, she had a very mutually supportive and caring relationship with the gay community. So camp saves lives. I don't think that's going to happen to Louise Linton, but I, <laughs> I just wanted to clarify <laughs> I mean, that I was not saying fuck Tammy Bay, but it was Tammy Faye, but it's definitely a thing where it's like, there's definitely a, a way in which a lot of camp aesthetics were taken from Louise Linton types because those are the people oblivious enough to originate what camp becomes a parody of. Yeah. Well, and uh, who, who's to say? I mean, like, maybe she'll have an argument with, uh, you know, she'll have another argument with her husband about Greta Thunberg and, and then it'll be fucking over for her. She'll be on the street and then the fags will just she'll kind be, of... She'll be on the street st- of her fucking... Uh, yeah, Wall Street making money. <laughs> <laughs> the streets of uh, fucking Edinburgh Castle or whatever. What would you rather... <laughs> Have spent so I actually rented this on YouTube because I'm an idiot. That's funny. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I will openly I say swear I to did God. not rent it. <laughs> I I I'm actually, pirated it. <laughs> I I'm actually like I, I have this terrible fucking like run, and I I need to kind of do something to um to kind of curb this. But I always end up paying for movies that are like new and or like objectively evil and terrible and then i end up like uh, and then i end up like using you know streaming services for like movies that are actually good and that i want to watch yeah 
Um, case in point, like another movie that I did that with was Movie Forty Three, which is like the worst three dollars I've ever spent in my life. Um, just awful. But I would have rather spent my money on, um, uh, eyeliner. Yeah. Okay. Eyeliner pen. Uh, if I had spent money on this, I don't know. I'm. I guess I would have rather spent my money on uh, something else so that the money would not have gone to Louise Fenton. Uh, and then I could yeah. have spent that money on, like, pirating a copy of it that I could distribute at furry cons or something once they're back. <laughs> redistributing yeah. it. Literally <laughs> redistributing me, you madness to the people. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the movies. That's the movies we watched. Uh, and... So now, if you head on over to our Patreon, we're gonna be we're gonna be looking at a Robert Downey Jr. film of our patrons' choice. And uh, last month it was The Devils with special guest Mia Schwartz, which was a fantastic episode. Yes, great uh, episode. As as kind of a follow up to our previous Bound episode as well. We have so many. Oh my God, The Vault, The Film Critters Vault is all. It's right there on Patreon. It's Mia's detonating. About, <laughs> it's. <laughs> And hear us talk about all sorts of films, bygone eras and different time periods. Uh, we do also, as a sidebar, now have our podcasts on uh, many other platforms besides just SoundCloud. So if you want to listen to yeah. just audio uh, for these. You could be listening to this on Spotify. From anywhere. Anywhere in the world. On Spotify? On Apple, I think. App. Apple from probably ones with names like uh, Deezer FM or like <laughs> or like Tune Up uh, Radio. There's like oh, there's like God. 18 podcast platforms and they all have names like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. Fuck it. Um, but yeah, we're 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 all over those places. We're everywhere. We're 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 closing in on you. We're going to. <laughs> we cannot be stopped. We are proliferating across the internet as we speak. We're closing in on your location. You will be you will be taken soon. Uh, Discord, pop into our Discord. We talk about everything in the world that there is, uh, but mostly movies. Yeah, uh, we stream as well. Yeah, we're streamers. Uh, when do you stream? Uh, I stream Mondays, Wednesdays, and occasionally mm, Saturdays. What do you? When do you? When do you stream? When do I stream? When do I stream? Um. I stream Tuesdays at seven, except for today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Friday at three p.m. PST with my friend Rizzo, the Alley Cat. Uh, we actually started playing Her Story, uh, and that is an insanely fun game to play with Rizzo because we were we were like we're gossipy bitches. We were like screaming the whole way through because <laughs> um, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good drops in that game. Come join us next week because we're going to be playing more of that and maybe maybe also playing the follow up. Who's who's to say? Thank you guys all for joining for joining yeah. us. Um, and we'll be back at some point soon with um, more processes and uh, hopefully some other stuff that we're actually kind of working on. <laughs> we're, we're, we're working on things. We've we've had a lot of, uh, you know, setbacks with regard to video work. We've talked about this a little bit where uh, we've had to like throw out two scripts because the world because the scripts the script ideas were like huge bummers and then the world became more and more of a bummer and now we're just like okay we need to we need to figure out a, a different way and then we and then we traded mental disorders a couple times we like yeah. just like kept trading off mood disorders 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, I, I, I take the, I take the bipolar shifts, Jay takes the anxiety shifts and it's, it's, it's a, it's a complicated thing, but you know, uh, (laughs) that'll, that'll, that'll be to you, uh, at some point. Thanks. Thanks again for sticking around. Thanks for joining. Uh, my name is Baru. And I am Jay Bearhat. Bye. Bye.